We look for things. So I've heard. Can you make our ship go? Yes, I think so. We look for things to make us go. Uh, fellas, why don't you just show me where your guidance system is, okay? Excuse me. He is smart. Transfer complete. Hello, and welcome to Subspace Transmissions, the podcast where two geniuses step into the arena and tackle the best, worst, weirdest, wildest, and everything in between that Star Trek has to offer. I'm Cam Smith, and joining me in the bridge. This is Tyler Orton, becoming a traveler. And we are here this week to talk about Star Trek's top geniuses and more. Well, Cam, you said that there are two geniuses stepping into the arena. Does that mean we have two guests on the show today? Well, and I also said, <laughs> and joining me in the bridge. <laughs> so, you know, um, clearly not us uh, who would nope. ever make a, a nope. list of Star Trek's top geniuses, uh, whether in podcasting or if we ever made it into a Starfleet here. But uh, Cam, we don't want to talk about Star Trek's most capable kind of characters. You know, we're, we're talking about strictly IQ tests. I, I consider Kira Norris to be one of the most capable characters in all of star trek but is she necessarily one of star trek's biggest geniuses mm. and, and that's why i think we're going to have a little fun as well because um not only the geniuses in which we'll be ranking here across star trek series by series and then we'll also do like kind of a, a grand top 10 list um we're also going to be <laughs> looking at people that may, maybe no they, they don't quite rank as high maybe, maybe the folks that might be at the bottom of our list as well we're not we're not saying that they're dumb we're just saying that maybe their IQ levels aren't quite at the same genius level as maybe, spoiler alert, maybe like a, a Spock or a Data might be. Well, exactly. Like, Star Trek is a world of genius level characters. And we're going to talk about a lot of them in this episode. And there are also like a sprinkling of characters like you and I who've wandered into this world. <laughs> and you know what? We're okay. We do our best. But... When we're standing next to, you know, Data or Spock, we look a little slow. <laughs> I, I'm the Jankum Pog of Star Trek, Cam. <laughs> exactly. And some of those characters are some of our favorites. Yeah. But, yes, when you are measuring all-time great geniuses, mm, probably not on the list. Yeah. And we're only sticking to main characters. So, you know, recurring characters aren't not, aren't not, <laughs> I'm proving my, my genius credentials already. <laughs> uh, Double negative this there. This may be the most absurd uh, choice of two hosts to host a, an episode <laughs> on geniuses ever. No kidding. Oh, the irony. And I used irony correctly. Um, but no. <laughs> it would have been better if you didn't. Uh, true. <laughs> um, I'm not a comedic genius, that's for sure. Um, Cam, uh, the irony is... No, wait, I'm already messing it up again. Cam. <laughs> Cam, we will not be including recurring characters, just main characters. So, Cam, um, why don't we jump first into maybe not so much the original series, but why don't we combine the crews from the original series and Strange New Worlds? There's so much crossover, so let's just talk about the 1701 instead. We'll start off with um, Top Geniuses, series by series, and, um, you know, is there much of a debate to be had um, here? Who would be your top genius? What, what's your argument for top genius in the 1701 crew as we know them from Strange New Worlds all the way to TOS? It has to be Spock. I think just like the legacy of that character and the number of times we have seen him perform at such a high level. And we even have that scene in Star Trek Four where we watch child Spock like entering all those answers in the Vulcan schooling board or whatever the hell it's called. Genius words from you, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> like if I were to use that machine, it would explode. Like so when I see Spock, I'm just like, this is a character I bow down to as an all-time genius. The thing with uh, the original crew, too, is, like, you have Scotty, and uh, Scotty is clearly also, like, next level, but I think, like, Spock has him beat. Well, uh, the, the thing that we get with Strange New Worlds is we're kept being told that Uhura is a genius. Yeah. Uhura is a genius. When, when we get to her in, in TOS, maybe there's some sort of gamma radiation or something that's maybe took it <laughs> down a couple pegs, you know? Like, she's still a very, very capable character, but she's not quite the genius level that we've been observing here on Strange New Worlds, which is kind of a, a strange thing. And we saw that maybe in the Kelvinverse, you know, Chekhov 
is also a boy genius and that in that regard i i don't know it's it's kind of weird how the characters are portrayed differently in terms of genius levels depending on i i, I guess the format of the series or movie yeah like i think of that moment in the original series where like the circuitry is down in the in Uhura's board and she's underneath and is saying to Spock like there's a moment of kind of insecurity and Spock says there's no one who can do this better and it's like to me this is a character who is someone who's like hyper capable but like questions herself like when I hear genius like oh here's the genius coming on the ship I don't expect a moment like that I feel like that's a you know a very human character who can excel beyond but that does not seem like the Spock level, especially Spock of TOS. I think it's a little different when we talk about, say, Strange New Worlds, when it's a little, you know, a, a kind of a younger, less sort of secure in his skin Spock. But when we get to, like, the Nimoy Spock, I mean, it's like a walking computer. Well, Cam, also, Uhura seemed to forget how to speak Klingon by the time we get to the Undiscovered Country. Um, yep. I'm really thinking there's a lot of gamma ray uh, exposure that uh, happened to her <laughs> over, over the course of Strange New Worlds all the way to the movie era. Like, it, it's just, it seems like a very different character um, as well. Um, let me pose this to you. Um, between, you know, Pike and Kirk, who do you think might have a higher IQ? I struggled so much with the Strange New Worlds cast primarily uh out of all of them to really determine either like the the top or the the lower iq levels um i think i would probably put kirk higher because i've seen more moments of kirk excelling independently whereas when i look at pike he's much more of like a team leader and so i, I just don't know that i have kind of the well first off the sheer number of hours i've gotten to watch kirk you know perform amazing feats but I don't know that I get that out of Pike. He seems just like an amazing kind of like, you know, father figure slash leader figure. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, like Kirk's background is through engineering, I think initially. And but Pike's background is through uh, being a pilot. And yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder if one vocation lends itself more to be towards being a quote unquote genius than the other. We also know that, you know, Kirk was a bit of a big a big worm, <laughs> a bookworm. <laughs> Cam, what kind of gamma radiation have I been exposed to uh, <laughs> since the last time we recorded this show? But, you know... Um, You're supposed to close the door of the microwave when you start it, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Me fail English? That's impossible. Um, yeah. But then also, uh, go over to the Kelvinverse, and we have, you know, older Pike say to younger Kirk, you know, I know that you could get through Starfleet Academy in no time. And lo and behold, he does it in, what, like uh, a year or two? And then he goes from cadet to captain over the course of 24 hours? You know, th this is, is kind of genius level, even if it doesn't come off that way on the surface for Kirk. Yeah, the one thing that, to me, held Kirk back a bit was the fact that so many episodes revolve around him seeking guidance from either Bones or Spock. Like, I feel like they almost come across as being kind of a little bit next level. And that he kind of has to look up to them a little bit. Okay. Uh, why don't we jump over the next generation? I, I, I think maybe an obvious pick would be Data. But we also have one Wesley Crusher who is thought to have been so incredibly genius and special in his understanding and comprehension of the universe that he was plucked from the linear universe as we know it by the Traveler to go exploring and protecting the universe. <laughs> you know, if we did an IQ test... Are you still confident that, say, Data would be able to beat him versus, you know, uh, Wesley Crusher, genius level, season two Picard that we see him now? I think so. I think, like, um, even just things like how quickly Data could write the test. I just think, like, mm. yeah, Data is going to be the one that would just blaze through that thing. And, I mean, I, I've done, like, some basic level IQ test stuff. I've never done, like, a full, you know, like, three-hour exam one. But, like... The amount of time it took to write it was part of what entered into it, and I feel like Data would write that test in about 37 seconds. Um, did you have to write the test because your mom was trying to forest gump you or something? Or <laughs> uh, No, it was one I did for fun, I think. it was. I don't remember. How did I do that? A couple of my friends did it, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, Kim, uh, like, it's, it's interesting. I, I was thinking about the captains. We, we just talked about Kirk and Pike. I kind of have Picard in the middle here of the TNG crew, you know, um, not not to say that he's dumb. I think he's one of the most smartest and uh, uh, capable 
And, and yes, I said most smartest, um, <laughs> but one of the smartest and most capable uh, captains there is. But I, I kind of think there's some other folks in the crew that might outrank him in terms of IQ. And so it's interesting that I, I, you know, at least for now, I've got Picard kind of in the middle of the pack for the TNG crew. I have Picard maybe a little higher, but you're right. Like there was other characters. I, I think TNG may be the most stacked with high IQ characters, because when you're looking also at like, say, Geordi or Crusher, like... It is a very intellectual team. Uh, don't forget, uh, <laughs> who is that ensign who kept spelling uh, uh, coffee? Oh, uh, Sonia Gomez, you know, very intellectual there too. Oh, sure. But throw in like a Barkley too? I mean, yep. there is a lot of brain power going on on TNG. Whereas when you look at some of the other shows, they're a little more like they don't kind of play that up as much when they're kind of tackling the show creatively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim, okay, let, let's jump over to Deep Space Nine. Um, this is an interesting one for me. I, I, I think there's yeah. pretty much just one candidate, but um, I, I'm kind of surprised how there aren't that many folks here that we would necessarily designate as geniuses. Uh, who do you mm-hmm. have as, as your top genius for Deep Space Nine? It's Bashir. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a big part of that is the fact the genetic modifications uh, probably helped out a certain degree. But it's interesting when I look at TNG, how much of it is almost like almost like working class Star Trek characters coming onto the show, whether it is like O'Brien, uh, I think of, or, you know, just Odo, the way he factors into that show. And that's what makes, I think, Bashir stand out so much more is that they really play him up as a high, high intellect character. Someone who's meeting up with that, like, kind of um, brain trust of other genetically modified characters. And they're all basically geniuses having a conversation with one another. And that feels very different than the rest of the DS9 cast, whereas I feel like on TNG, that group of uh, genius people would feel pretty at home also in the briefing room with Jordy and Picard and what have you. I think the only folks that could give him a run for his money would be Ezri and Jadzia, mostly because mm-hmm. of all those learned experiences. You know, um, I, I think, was Tobin the pilot, um, the, the previous uh, uh, host there? But, you know, like, obviously, Jadzia knows how to pilot the Defiant because of that previous host, you know? And so it, it's stuff that they can uh, take away and then iterate upon in terms of their own genius levels. Yeah, it's like their intelligence is so much more based on just, like, life experiences. And I'm sure their emotional intelligence is through the roof. Which I don't know I would say that for uh, Julian Bashir as much. Especially those first four seasons, Cam. (laughs) A little horn dog. Well, it's so funny. When you talk about him having like the highest IQ, it's like you kind of have to ignore those first four seasons to a degree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, he was just a great actor. You know, Uh, he wanted no one to find out that he had been genetically modified. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron. Voyager. Um, this is an interesting one. I, I, I think there are three people battling for the top spot here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's between Janeway, Seven of Nine, and the EMH. I would have to say at this point, and again, we're not talking about emotional intelligence. I, I would say that maybe on the surface, you know, the way that we think of geniuses, people would automatically think Seven of Nine. But I think just based on sheer computing power, I think it has to go to the EMH just based on what he could do not just from a medical perspective, but just downloading programs to the point that it becomes the ECH, the Emergency Command mm. hologram as well. Yeah, I mean, I had also the doctor written down for this one, but I also had seven. I, I This was another one that was a bit of a struggle because I had seven written down. I had Janeway. Uh, I even had Tuvok with a question mark. I feel like I probably didn't see enough moments of Tuvok on the show to really kind of give me the confidence to put him up against the rest of them, but he also comes across as an incredibly intelligent character uh, and someone that Janeway looks to. Well, well intelligent or, or capable, though. Well, like somebody, like, I, here's the thing. Like, I, I've, I've never seen him put, like, his genius into action, though. Like, I, I, yeah. I wonder if there's, you know, hey, somebody's a Vulcan, therefore they must be genius, right? Sure. I mean, that, I, that's where I sit, yes. I just wonder, though, is... is is Spock really a genius because he's Vulcan, or would he just be a genius whether or not he was Vulcan? I think he's a genius. Um, I think he does stand out from, say, some of the other Vulcans. So I would say that he is a genius. 
Tuvok, I wonder if there's also like a little bit of a limitation with people who are in security. And mm-hmm. this is going to factor in later in the show. Yeah. Where you don't get to see them kind of like perform in a way that you do say an engineer. Where you're like, well, this is clearly an incredibly smart person. Yeah. I'll just say this. I, I, I can't think of any genius moments from Tuvok. So that's why he was never under consideration. I actually had a, a couple, quite a few number of people above him just based on what we saw on screen. Sure. Yeah. And the thing was, to me, it was Janeway is someone I do regard as a genius, and she so often looks to him for guidance that I was like, huh, like maybe I should be taking this character more seriously in this ranking. But but, but guidance is, is something entirely different than, you know, IQ. Yeah. You know, like wisdom is, is different than, you know, uh, you know, having like a, a really high IQ. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. And the fact that you did not know that Cam speaks to your genius. <laughs> I went with, yeah, the EMH, though, for this okay. one. I felt like I was kind of cheating, though. It's like, well, when you have like a character, I guess Data's the same thing, but I feel like it's even more cheating in some ways with the EMH because it's just like the programmed computer. Yeah. No. is the smartest. You're like, okay. At least Data's like a creation that just has this intelligence versus like basically a computer program. Like, as in Data is learning and iterating upon himself versus just programming things into himself. Yeah, yeah. That's why I really struggled. And I, I basically, if you were to look at my notes, uh, they do not look like the notes of a genius. And there's a lot of crossing out. And I really was, like, bouncing back and forth between Janeway and the Doctor for quite a while. Okay. Um. So far, why don't we recap a little bit? We are on the same page entirely so far. Um. So about the halfway mark here, we have uh, Spock. Data, Bashir, the EMH, um, Cameron, Enterprise. Now, um, th- I think there's a couple contenders, but uh, why don't I hear from you about maybe who uh, was under consideration? Uh, to me, this one really just fell onto Paul for me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Trip is obviously someone who you should look at too as a engineer. But I just think when I look at to Paul. <laughs> Like the a big like factor of the show is that T'Pol shows up on the ship and is clearly like the most intelligent person on the ship and is incredibly frustrated by that. And so to me, like I just think she really does stand out heads and shoulders above the crew. And I think uh, if we're handing out IQ tests, T'Pol's walking away the winner of the you know the uh, original NXO one team. I think the only competition here would be either Hoshi or Flocks. Uh, you know, Hoshi obviously mm, being incredibly yeah. capable in all those languages. And just, you could tell if she did an IQ test, I think she would do maybe a whole lot better than, say, uh, Trip, despite the fact that Trip's kind of a very capable engineer. But we're not talking about capability here. Um, also, just point to all the learned knowledge that uh, Flocks has obviously gained studying different species and, you know, getting his uh, medical license as well. Yeah, I also considered Phlox to a degree as well. Uh, I think Phlox wins my EQ award for emotional intelligence. Well, there you go, Cameron. Um, Okay, Mm. so we're over here in Discovery at this point. Um, I think there can only be one answer, and I I don't even think it's up for debate because how much the writers want to pound it into your head that (laughs) Michael Burnham is God's gift to mankind and she can solve everything no matter what and I, look I, I, if it's that whole um tell don't show problem that we get with mm-hmm. uh, discovery so often but uh, the only other contenders here i think we're all science officers you know you got like maybe uh, adira or stamets or saru um burnham also a science officer as well so i i, I think it for me i have burnham at the top of my list but uh what was kind of Maybe who's on the top of your list and what other contenders did you have here? I had Burnham as my number one uh, as well because you nailed it. Like the show tells me this is the most genius character in the history of geniuses on Star Trek. And at a certain point, you know, they will construct a statue of Burnham and it will be determined that is the god of all of Star Trek land. And so it's like, how do I pick someone who could even like stand up against her? And so the only other person that I really considered was Stamets because I just thought, okay, if I'm handing out IQ tests, Stamets is going to do incredibly well. Uh, but I, I know that if they were to hand, if we had an episode where they hand out tests to everyone, Burnham's winning because it's the Burnham Show, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But the other thing with like the the tell don't show problem is that we keep hearing that Adira is a total like child genius and. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, 
I, I, I guess I have to believe that. I, I, I know what you're saying with, with regards to kind of the Stamets having more opportunities to showcase his genius than Adira has as well. But I, I would say that you could make like a, a strong argument, uh, runner-up could be Adira, not necessarily Stamets. I, I'm not necessarily going to die on this hill, though. Sure. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's completely, yeah, that works. Um, but it is weird, like, I... It seems like there's a very high-functioning team on Discovery, and it's interesting when you contrast that to, say, like one where, like, DS9, where I think it's, like, a little more everyday Star Trek people to a certain degree, whereas when you look at Discovery, it's a little more like a TNG where, you know, Tilly as well is an incredibly bright character. Like, there's a lot of very, very intelligent characters. It's just that Burnham kind of looms over them all. I can't wait till we get into the dumb characters game. It's gonna, it'll get fun here. But um, okay, so Star Trek Picard here. Um, oh boy, who would you put uh at, at number one? This was so tough because, like, the thing is, like, Picard. When I'm looking at TNG, ranks real high. But does the Picard of Star Trek Picard rank near the top of the list? Ooh, I think I I I don't feel good about this. I had Gerardi written down. I yeah, I, that's who I have written down as well, I, and I feel fine saying yeah. that. You know, like um, she is, she is a genius, though. It, it is like she's got her uh, PhD and everything. I don't think Picard has a PhD in anything, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I I I just based on what we saw, it wasn't like we were wowed by her IQ, but I I think you can do the math in your head and figure out yeah, uh, she is probably a genius. Well, it's like what happens when you portray a character as dimly as humanly possible uh, from a creative angle and then tell us that they are genius. You're like, okay, I have to take that on faith. And I know that this character is incredibly accomplished, but everything I I saw on the show was insane. Well, okay, Cameron, (laughs) let let me pose this to you. Who would be number two? Because I think there's a very obvious answer. Okay, I did have a question because I couldn't remember. Was Brent Spiner in the featured credits of season one? Nope. Okay. So that removes Alton soon because I did have that as like a question mark because I was like really questioning whether that would apply. So no. Okay. That's off the table. Um, Number two. I mean, maybe seven. Um, I think seven took a lot of dumb, dumb pills uh, in between yeah. Voyager and uh, Star Trek Picard. I, I, I have no recollection whatsoever of her, you know. Yeah being like a genius like whatever happened to uhura i think kind of happened to seven of nine with all that gamma uh, radiation um but, but cam you asked about brent spiner he he was in the main credits for season two as one adam soon uh yeah a medical doctor and researcher incredibly rich uh somebody who managed after a long time with genetic uh experiments to i guess finally I, I suppose with the help of Q, um, make sure that Corey Sung was the, um, I, I guess, the accomplishment that he was always pursuing here. I think if he just did an IQ test, um, despite he, he he's not a criminal mastermind, but I bet if yeah. you um, did an IQ test, he'd rank higher than somebody like, say, you know, Picard or Lars, for example. Yeah, oh, very true. And what about Soji? Because the thing is, like, Soji on you know, in my mind, should be, like, an almost an automatic number one. But, like, the character is so naive in the way she's depicted on the show. It's often from kind of a victim standpoint that, like, I never had a great grasp on kind of the intellectual power that power of that character, even though when we first meet her on the show, she's in a very impressive, you know, position career-wise. Yeah. Um, is she genius? I... I and... I, I guess so. Yeah, you know, she, okay. Like, I, I'm thinking about, like, okay, she is an android, but, like, one of those kind of synthetic organic androids, but she's capable of being triggered and can do, like, ninja kicks, and she certainly doesn't have a high EQ uh, falling for that toxic boyfriend, right? No, but neither does Wesley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, you mean the Traveler? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, or or Jordy. There's a number of them that don't have the highest of EQs. Yeah. Um. So, do you think Soji has a higher IQ than, say, one Jean Luc? I uh, <laughs> the Picard of um, TNG. I feel like no, but the Picard of Star Trek Picard. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I know, man. Uh, <laughs> where, where am I? What's going on? <laughs> 
<laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Um, okay, Cam. Uh, look, we, we already covered the, the 1701 crew as a whole. We can skip over uh, Strange New Worlds. Why don't we uh, jump into Lower Decks? Um, for me, I, I this is an interesting one. Yeah. One that I went kind of back and forth on because I, I, I think this is more kind of like the Deep Space Nine crew. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think there's one single genius, though, on this cast. So I, I have to think, like, who just has the highest IQ? Um, yeah. In this case, my guess, Freeman. It, like, what did you eventually land on? I, I can be persuaded if if you've got a great argument. Well, I was wondering about Rutherford because of the implants. If uh, Rutherford would emerge victorious on an IQ test situation, like he would use them to kind of cheat on the uh, <laughs> on the exam or something like that. Well, it's not so much cheat because that's just a part of who he is at this point. And so, like, when you look at a character like you know, data or the doctor, like they have programming that kind of helps them along. And I think Rutherford would have that as well. But I think that's more physiological in nature, more so than psychological in nature, you know, yeah. what she's able to download genius stuff into his brain. I mean, remember that episode where he kept changing personalities um, mm-hmm. because of the implant malfunctioning, you know, but it didn't necessarily improve his IQ at, at any point. I also wondered if like you sat mariner down for an iq test if she would just be like bowling down everyone and be almost like snarking annoyed about that the problem is is we don't have anything that appeared on screen to suggest that she is you know the the, yeah. the smartest person like i would say that tendy uh, at this point is probably smarter than mariner i would say that uh freeman has showed more smarts in terms of iq mm-hmm. um than uh mariner has uh so that's kind of why I like like I don't know who do you think on an IQ test would do better, uh, Doctor Tana or Captain Freeman? Th- those are the ones that I keep going back and forth between. I tend to like uh, I-, I find when it comes to Star Trek, I tend to side a little more with uh, the medical uh, team or the uh, engineers. So like even though we get so little of Doctor Tana, I do wonder if she would just like be number one. Is she a genius doctor compared with all the other ones that we've? Uh we've thought about so far um i would put her below like a beverly crusher and a bashir for sure um i guess the question is do you think she's along the lines of a flux i i think flux is probably smarter than her i just here's the thing like i've seen flux do more things you know i i haven't necessarily what's the most genius you know medical procedure tana has done so far uh, it seems to be like very hack and slash kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I. But then I like think of like Freeman and the number of times they've had episodes where like she just does something that's like really, like bumbling, like that co- the uh, computer planet, uh, from last season, where it's <laughs> just like right. things going awry over and over and over again, and I'm like, okay, this is tough. And then I start to question like how well look Boimler has a lot of security issue. You know, he's very a very insecure character, but like. If you sat him down to a test, would he just, like, really excel? That's what I wonder. Like, okay, you know me. If I went to, like, pub trivia, you know me. I, I would do okay. Um, sure. Cam, uh, I don't think I would necessarily excel on, like, kind of an IQ test. And I think from what I gather with Boimler, he's more of that kind of, like, pub trivia Cliff Clavin kind of guy, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good call. Yeah. So this one's really I, tough. <laughs> I wonder if it's... If, why don't we go with Dr. Tana? You know, like, she's a doctor. You have to okay. be pretty smart to become, like, a medical doctor. I'd hope, anyway. Plus some years and wisdom that, say, the uh, the younger Lower Decks characters don't have. Look, the, the fact is, the show's a comedy, and if there are a lot of dumb characters, uh, I mean, that, that, that happens with a lot of comedies there. Sure, yes, yes. Okay. Well, I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm just saying they're not as smart as, you know, say, a Spock or a Data. Exactly. Like, they are the us of Star Trek. I like how uh, 1701 has Spock and the Cerritos has Dr. Ta'ana. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Okay, main characters. Only main characters from Star Trek Prodigy. Um, I I gotta go with Hologram Janeway, much for the same reasons I would with the EMH or, say, Data. You know, it's kind of that programming, but... What's really the competition? I guess the Diviner or Zero? I mean, what was the debate going on in your head? I had Zero uh, written down. Zero is kind of almost like the um, 
like almost like the data character on the crew but the because it's like sort of a a youth-friendly show like zero doesn't come across as intellectually daunting as some of the other ones do whereas i would say like yeah the hollow janeway just takes the cake on this one uh it's it's all of the wisdom they could ever need on this show yeah so i i and here's where i go back and forth hologram janeway like clearly incredibly like more capable than zero Mm -hmm. If you set them down and had them do IQ tests, that's where I keep going back and forth. I I just wonder, like, you you can tell, like, Zero has seen a lot. Zero knows a lot. You know? Mm -hmm. But, like, how has that manifested in something, like, tangible on screen in which Zero's been problem solving in a way that Janeway can't? Yeah. And this is where I, like, struggle because how do you not hand it to the computer program? Yeah. (laughs) Because... Of course, it could just work things out far quicker than, like, a thinking, you know, individual could. So, like, I think Zero, if we remove Hollow Janeway, I think Zero is number one. It's just the question of, like, would I bet on Zero or would I bet on Hollow Janeway? I think I'd be betting on Janeway. I'd be betting on Janeway as well. So, Cam, uh, why don't I recap the top geniuses from everything that we've done so far? And then we're going to do a top ten list. So... Look, I, I don't think Dr. Tana is necessarily guaranteed to make our top 10 list of geniuses just because she was number one in Lower Decks. I think this will also offer the opportunity to bring in uh, multiple characters from maybe a single series that would be worthy of the list here. So, Cam, to recap, Spock, Data, Bashir, EMH, T'Pol, Burnham, Jurati, Tahana, and Hologram Janeway. Yep, that's a good list for sure. Alrighty. Uh for top geniuses, like, I, I wonder if, like, maybe, uh, why don't we start at number one and then go down to number ten? Because I, I just wonder if it's going to get boring if we count from ten down to number one. Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, Sounds well, good to me. Why don't you go first? Well, number one, I had data. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that one's pretty obvious. Um, can I, that, I, I agree. Can I guess your number two? Go for it. Is it Spock? It is Spock indeed, yeah. Did you have a different one? Oh, I, I've got many different ones, Cam. And I, I, I've got reasoning uh, ahead of that. Um, how does Spock have a higher IQ than Wesley Crusher, based on everything we know about Wesley Crusher up until Picard Season 2? <laughs> Picard Season 2 really destroyed my faith in Wesley Crusher. Um, but no, I, I, I know that Spock is super popular, and I know that he yep. has showcased his genius so many times. But the thing is, is the, the series, TNG was always telling us what an incredible genius Crusher was. And the writers had kind of decided, like, look, does it really make sense for this genius to just be pushing buttons in Starfleet? Which Spock was happy to do. That's why they kind of made him ascend to become a traveler, just because of how genius he was. It's true, and it's... They're sort of like Wesley. The way they talk about Wesley, and then like the actions we see on the show, are often kind of two different things. Where we see Wesley having very like normal, almost like teenage failings. So I, I guess I sometimes struggle when I'm making a ranked list. I tend to disregard him for that reason. Whereas like Spock, just comes across to me as sort of like the purveyor of knowledge and someone who is, he always has an answer. Rarely ever is there a moment where Spock seems stumped by something. And so I, I just, he, he, to me, just jumps out as like number two. Mm-hmm. But if we did an IQ test, who do you think would rank higher at this point? I think Spock would. I think Vulcan training is... I, I, gotta, I gotta disagree, man. Like, based on everything you, you we know. You think Wesley? Based on everything yeah. we know. You know, like Wesley, like I said, like, he was so smart, he had to ascend to a different realm to go traveling across the universe. That's true. It, it, like, I'm not talking about who our favorite characters are, just who I think. No, like... I'm not either. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, with that yeah. in mind, Cam, I, I don't think Spock is number three either. Uh, I had. Uh, oh, oh, you don't think uh, Bash- uh, Spock is number three? Ooh, interesting. No, interesting. no. Um, Cam, let's go back to Star Trek Discovery, in which we're told that Burnham, yeah, is a genius above all geniuses. And let's go back to the season one episode, uh, Leafy, in which there's that flashback to when uh, Sarek had to make a decision whether to let his genius foster sister into the Vulcan expeditionary group or let his genius son into that Vulcan expeditionary group. Um, We kind of knew that, like, Burnham 
growing up was able to match Spock the entire time. Like, it, mm-hmm. and the fact is, like, I just wonder. I'm not talking about our favorite characters or the most iconic characters of Star Trek. I just wonder if Burnham would have such a determination, you know, that she would outmatch Spock in terms of IQ. Yeah. Uh, would she? Well, I mean, the show would tell me that Burnham would <laughs> overpower Spock on the IQ test. That's for sure. Which, which is, it's such a frustrating thing. I, I know it's such a frustrating thing because, like, the show is telling you she would. Yeah. You know, and we're like, yeah. and that's not how you and I really kind of enjoy uh, storytelling. But it, it, it just, you know that if there's, like, a, a, a crossover episode between Discovery and Strange New Worlds, and for whatever reason, the two of them had to do an IQ test, do you think they tie? Or do you think the writers give it to Burnham? I think there is a, a reverence for Spock. They might give the edge to Spock. Uh, I, I, I think so. Uh, to me, like, I don't know. I just... I, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I really just... struggle with this. I am clearly not a genius as I am, like, pondering this, but yeah. I... I'm being totally, like, clinical about this. Like, I am taking all yeah, my yeah. feelings about the characters out of this, and I, I, I'm just trying to think about, like, what the shows have been telling us about the characters, you know? Uh, just I, I have so much more fondness for Spock than I do for, say, Burdum or Wesley, but I think just based on everything that we know and everything that we've seen, it's I, I would think Burnham would still edge out Spock here. Hmm. Interesting. And so you had Burnham at three, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't... Hmm. I, I struggle with this one. I struggle a lot. <laughs> Maybe we need to get Burnham on uh, Strange New Worlds and have a... Uh, crossover episode again where we can like match her up against spock for uh this iq test this famous iq test that will set the uh canon straight for the future okay okay I, i'm mm. just saying like i like one of the frustrating things that we find about discovery is how they make burnham into be a god and they don't ever yeah. do that with spock and so that's why i think they would still continue to turn burnham into a god in this situation and, and just say oh yeah she has a higher iq than spock and we know based on what they did in terms of schooling that they were at least uh, an exact match and that only one of them could make it into the expeditionary group. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I I know, I, Kim, I knew coming in, you would be going like, Spock's obviously number two. And I have him, um, you know, on, on my list, I have him number four, you know, uh, in this case. Yeah. So uh, to recap, uh, you had uh, Data, number one, Spock, number two. Then you had Julian, number three. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I had Julian three. Okay, and it's kind of like he falls into that sort of like a super genius category. It's again, it, it falls back on that like I didn't quite have Burnham there. Burnham's very high, but it was like what I'm seeing on screen screams super genius, whereas like with Burnham, it isn't. So there's that disconnect. But is it because of her EQ and how she doesn't seem to handle pressure that well? You know, versus what her IQ is, or at least what we're told about her IQ. Well, I just don't feel like I see a lot on the show that really uh, screams uh, IQ. It's like they'll tell us that it's a genius character, but then what that that, show does with all of its characters (laughs) is just like, you know, it's (laughs) it's just I'm like exploding through things and getting in ship battles and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing like the problem solving and problem solving's pretty much the massive element of IQ tests. And I just don't see that. I don't see the work done on Discovery. Well, let, I'll, I'll, I'll come back at you with this, Cam. Uh, yeah. The burn occurs. And for 150 years, no one could solve the burn until yeah. Burnham came around. Uh, yeah. I, um, I know this is annoying you because it's like, uh, like you didn't come into this <laughs> thinking like, oh, yeah, the Star Trek universe has been kind of like telegraphing to everybody that Burnham is just such a genius. Yeah. I don't remember. How did she discover Sukal? Uh, it was like stupid, like triangulating. And because remember they yeah, said okay. like it, the explosion happened simultaneously and then yeah. they actually did some basic triangulation or, you know, something like that. And then they realized, no, it, there was like kind of a central point. Yeah. But it took 150 years for Burnham to do that. And would it have ever been solved if not for Burnham? <laughs> to be fair, I don't, that, that's an unsolvable problem that no one could ever predict. <laughs> No, I but, I know this yeah. is probably like annoying because it's kind of like like I, I, Discovery is not our favorite, but I kind of have to go yeah. with what we're being told in this situation. Right. Yeah, that's okay. totally fair. Yeah. So I, I've got Spock number four. Um, 
you've got, uh, I, I guess, okay, so you've got Julian higher than the EMH, right? Yeah, uh, I actually had Burnham at number four. Okay. So Burnham was really close. Okay. It, it, so just by degrees there. But yeah, I just had Burnham underneath Bashir. And I, the EMH probably logically should be higher, but I kind of fall into that. It almost feels like cheating because I'm handing it to a computer program. Eh, you know, I'm just saying, uh, yeah, like, I don't necessarily think it's cheating. It's just kind of like, ah, yeah, it, it, it's kind of the, um, it's the universe in which we're operating in. And it's kind of annoying that, yeah, yeah maybe computer programs have like an unfair advantage there. And there was that guy who beat the um, computer program chess program. So, uh, you know what? Maybe, um, maybe like Burnham would sit down and beat the EMH. There you go. Uh, in uh, 3D chess, though, of course. Of course. Battle chess. <laughs> okay. So, uh, for me, I've got Data number one, Wesley number two, Burnham number three, Spock number four, EMH number five, and then I have Julian number six underneath the EMH here. Uh, what, what's your top six at this point? Uh, so I had Data at number one, Spock at number two, um, Bashir at number three, Burnham at number four, and the EMH at number five. Okay, who's your number six then? My number six, I don't know how I feel about this, was seven. And I bounced seven around a lot, but I just kept going back to um, to Voyager and just really thinking about, okay, the number of times... We have seen this character calculate solutions so quickly that it really did factor into my decision making when I'm thinking about writing an IQ test. And there is, it's kind of like Rutherford. There's also like this, obviously, when you have something like the um, Borg implants that Seven has, there's something of an advantage. But I feel like we're seeing in some ways almost like a walking computer character like a data. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think. When you were talking about kind of the problem solving on display that maybe you wish we saw more of uh, from Burnham, uh, that wasn't necessarily on display. Uh, or no, I should say that that was on display constantly with Seven of Nine. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have uh, Seven of Nine as my number six. And then my number seven, Jordy LaForge. Uh, that was my number seven as well. Okay, so we're back to agreeing uh, at this point. Um, you, I mean, I, I should say you're back to getting the answers right, Cam. <laughs> Correct, yes. Okay. Uh, so who's your number eight? Uh, I had T'Pol. So do I. I number eight. And Cam, I, I'm so happy that you're back to getting the answers <laughs> correct now. T'Pol's a tough one in some ways because it exists within such an earlier area, uh, era that like the gobbledygook that comes out of a Jordy, you're like, well, holy smokes. Whereas like T'Pol... It's a little bit pulled back, but yeah, I think T'Pol just crushes to me most of the competition on her ship, whereas at least like a Geordi, I can go, well, there's some competition on that ship. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if she crushes Hoshi or if she crushes Phlox, though. That, that's the only, like, I, I, I think if you look at the rest of the dudes hanging on the ship, yeah. yeah. That's what I think of, is, and also like a reed. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Cam, uh, my number nine uh, goes to Dr. Gerardi. Um, I had actually um, Picard here. Okay. Uh, and I, I... Based on IQ or based on capability? IQ. Okay. I just think, like, Picard is very high. Like, I think the thing is, like, when we look at a lot of this list, there's a lot of influence from alien cultures and um, also, you know, computer programs or implants or whatever you want to call them. Whereas, like, I feel like Picard, as sort of the uh, the human character, kind of embodies the best. And I guess you would argue more so Wesley. But to me, like, I, I'm not it's talking hard about to kind, think of, of Picard. kind of embodying the best in uh, well, the, in humanity. The I'm, highest I'm just IQ. talking about straight brain yeah. power here. And I, I'll I'll just point this out. Like, you did have Doctor Girardi above Picard when we went through Star Trek Picard. Oh, you know what? And I made a mistake here. Because I was actually just writing TNG here because I was factoring my list back and forth. Um, so, yes, you are actually correct. You know what? I'm going to swap in Gerardi then in place of Picard. Okay. So does that mean Sorry, Picard. Picard would be your number 10? Yeah. Let's make Picard my number 10. Okay. Um, for me, this is where I keep kind of going back and forth a little bit but, uh, between a few of these characters. I'm not necessarily 100% happy with, or 100% confident no matter how uh, I, I've been uh, hammering you in the head about how confident I am about uh, Wesley <laughs> and uh, everybody. Um, it just kind of like, like 
it just kind of annoys me like uh how we define genius like i don't think i don't think picard is a genius the way that we would kind of think of as genius you know like i, I think he's just an incredibly mm. capable character and so ultimately I, I i had to go back to like well who probably knows the most who would score the highest on an iq test just by sheer knowledge alone and i think if you put Esri down next to Picard. Ooh. Esri just has like nine lifetimes worth of knowledge collected versus Picard's, well, I guess technically two lifetimes at this point. But um, <laughs> ultimately, I, I have to go with Esri Dax as my number 10. Okay. That's actually a great choice. I know. And not one I would have thought. Of. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just making Picard uh, the champion for people like me. Okay. I aspire to be a Picard, whereas I have no chance to ever be a uh, you know anyone else on that list. Oh, believe me, uh, I'm with you there. <laughs> oh. All right, uh, yeah. sir. Okay, why don't we go through our lists of people that don't quite uh, make make the top ten here? Cam, uh, uh, I'll start with the 1701 crew. Um, I I don't like having to say this, but I'm just saying like just based on sheer IQ, it kind of came down to two people. Was it Human Rand, or was it Lieutenant mm. Ortegas? And I just like like Ortegas has this capability, and but she wore a stupid hat in that one episode, uh, the <laughs> Lotus Eaters. So sure. does that make her dumb? Like not necessarily. I think it ultimately comes down to Rand, and I mean, in all fairness, she only got like you know half a season, or maybe like one third of a season until uh, yeah. she left the series. But she was considered kind of a main character at that time. Even if you just look at the publicity shots that were going out, I ultimately have to have Rand at the bottom of my list, just in terms of IQ, you know. Yeah, and that's also just the way they're depicting the character on the show, right? Like, yeah. they don't give her the type of job that showcases a high IQ and very much writing of the 1960s. And it's like, I did consider, say, like, Chekhov because of the, just the way they kind of deal with that character a lot on the original series, but just the number of jobs they put him in where he clearly is performing at such a high level and would have to make complex, you know, calculations incredibly fast. Like I go, okay, I got to give the edge to check off here. Whereas Rand, you, there's no moments like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, my, my biggest fear though is like, okay, Star Trek has a history of uh, giving um, white men a lot of screen time and maybe um, yep. people of color and women, not as much screen time, which um, lowers the amount of time that they might be able to show their IQ. And so I, I'm, this is why I'm a little worried about our list here, but I, we're just trying to be clinical uh, about this all. But um, Cam, I have a wharf uh, probably ranking at the bottom when it comes to IQ on the among the TNG crew. Yes, I do as well. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of competition for that last slot, and Worf on a different show might be significantly higher, but on TNG, that's a tough category. So, Kim, I have a guess who might be on the bottom of your list for Deep Space Nine, but um, I'm going to argue why this person absolutely should not be at the bottom of the list. Can, can I make a guess as to who that is? Yeah, okay, why don't you make the guess? Is it is it Jake? Well, okay, so, like, Jake to me is almost like... A cheat in some way because it's just it's a kid right and he's portrayed very much as a normal kid on the show so like does he stand next to a Bashir of course not that's not the function of the character the one that I wondered about though because I had a question mark next to Jake I also kind of wondered about Quark because I feel like Quark is just going to cheat on the test anyway mm, okay okay well let me point this out though uh Cam um we know from the visitor that Jake was so smart he went back to school and got multiple degrees in quantum physics and was so smart that he was able to pull his father back through time. And Jake went and changed the prime timeline. You know, we saw Jake go through it's the true. prime timeline and prove what a genius he was. I think Jake actually deserves to be like quite high. Like, I think Jake's actually like, from what we saw in The Visitor, which was the prime timeline before he changed the timeline, um, I think Jake's smarter than his dad. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it more from, like, the depiction of the character we see the majority of the time on the show versus, you know, obviously that episode where we I, get I'm, that kind of information. I'm being Mr. Clinical here. I am going with exactly <laughs> what we are being told by the storytellers all the way. Even if we, like, even if we don't feel it in our hearts, I am going with what my brain says here in the IQ test. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Okay, so that at the bottom of the list, this is what I, like, Um. I think, like, Quark might be too crafty, you know, mm -hmm. to be at the bottom of the list. Um, 
Was Odo very good at his job? <laughs> I did consider Odo to a degree too, but then I was like, I, I don't know. It's so tough because Quark is so clever, but I also see Quark so many times just be completely like, uh, he fails so much that clearly he, he thinks he's smarter than he actually is. And Odo is more of an everyman type of character. So I, I did struggle here, but maybe, maybe Odo would be the... So we're talking about capability here. And like I'm yeah. thinking about more like just IQ. And I, I wonder though, like who would do better on an IQ test? I don't think Quark or Odo are, are really, I don't think either of them would score that high. And so to me, it's kind of like a debate about like who would just know more ultimately you know yeah and i know that odo got to like connect into the great link did that give him knowledge that would be imperceptible to us solids the thing is after connecting to the great link it, it's not as if he came out and suddenly had bashir level intelligence right no no that's true so i don't think so i don't think he necessarily has like a high 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 iq i i I would give it up to uh, I I I'd give Cork the edge here. I think that uh, Odo has the lowest IQ among all the uh, main <laughs> cast members of Deep Space Nine, just based on what we know and based on what we've seen. Yeah, I I can't really argue against that logic because the thing is, I never felt good about Cork, uh, including him. But it was like when I'm looking at that cast, I really did struggle with this one. Yeah, because um, everyone's so dumb. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, Cam, Voyager. Um, is this kind of a no-brainer? Neelix? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think about like Kess assign, ascending to a higher plane, just like Neelix did. Um, you know, I, I, the thing is, I had Kim above Tuvok. I also had Torres above Tuvok because we got to see yeah. Kim and Torres put their IQ to the test much more than we ever did with Tuvok. Um the only one I have above Tuvok would be like Paris and Neelix, just based on what we've seen. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I had as well. And I mean, the thing about Neelix is, I mean, they <laughs> they just never were interested in writing that character to be a hyper-intelligent character. It was more like he was just kind of the, the lovable puppy dog character. Slash babysitter. Yeah, babysitter, yeah. Um, entertainment, uh, you know, host, that sort of thing. <laughs> Morale officer. Um, yeah. Cam, this to me is kind of an easy one uh, with regards to Enterprise. Um, I've got Malcolm Reed here. Um, and I say that because I, I don't think Archer is going to have the lowest IQ. I think Tucker is going to score higher on an IQ test than Archer just because of those kind of engineering background uh, versus kind of that test pilot background that the uh, that Archer might have uh, versus Tucker. Then it comes down to Mayweather and Reed. But the thing is, I'd much, have, much rather have Mayweather and his piloting skills, uh, and somebody who has traveled through, you know, sector by sector across the uh, this little corner of uh, the galaxy at this point, rather than relying on Reed. Like, I think if you set them side by side, I really think that Mayweather would do better by a bit of a notable margin than, I say, Reed, the soldier, would. Yeah, like, the thing about Mayweather is the character gets so little to do on the show that it's easy to say, oh, uh, put him on the list. But yeah. the thing is, like... I think of kind of going back to some of the other jobs, like the complex computations he'd be doing constantly at a very quick pace. Like, I, I think he would perform very well on an IQ test, whereas security is not a job that really stands up too well when I start to consider these things. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, who is the uh, security officer aboard uh, the Discovery Cam? Um, well, now... Uh... I don't Sorry, know who it is. This, who is is not a, this is not a trick question, listeners. Um, <laughs> speaking of Cam's uh, IQ, uh, Ash Tyler <laughs> and uh, one Commander Nan. Those are the security officers there. I have both of them at the bottom of my list. Um, think about Nan. She decides to jump into the future, leaving her family behind, only to decide five episodes later that she needs to be as close to her family as possible by joining another family on a seed vault, or at least the remnants of a family. Like, she doesn't seem like a particularly smart character, whereas Ash Tyler, um, it just seems as if, like, he knows nothing. Things just keep happening to him. If you yeah. put, you know, this guy with a, uh, look, if we have Worf at the bottom of our list, you know, kind of a Klingon, I think we got to put Ash Tyler at the bottom of our list as well, the security officer. Ash Tyler was the bottom of my list as well, and I was really, like, thinking about it, just going back to, like, day one, 
discovery. I'm like, has this character ever had any sort of master plan? It feels like he's just constantly manipulated into things. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't have much agency at all. No, no. So I think this was a very easy uh, choice, even though maybe the show wants me to think he's uh, very bright because they put him in charge of Section 31. But um, it didn't work, folks. It didn't. I, I was not tricked. <laughs> No. Uh, Cam, I think this is the easiest one ever. Um, who do you have for Star Trek Picard? Elnor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it any question? You know, uh, I mean, the only person I debated, though, was, I mean, despite the fact that Seven of Nine clearly took dum-dum pills between Voyager and uh, Star Trek Picard, um, mm. I still think that, like, she would score higher than uh, folks like, say, Jack Crusher, who still, he's coming from, like, the genetics of Beverly and Picard, two characters that I think are quite smart. I, I think Beverly has a higher IQ than um, Picard, personally. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Jack Crusher is smart. Um, Rios is kind of crafty. I don't see him as being a genius, though. And, I, I mean, Raffi... I don't know. Like, like she made a lot of dumb decisions, and like, but I mean, she doesn't seem to be a genius. She keeps getting into trouble in the underground crime world. Like, yeah. is she really that good at her job? Um, it doesn't seem like it yeah. so much. Um, yeah, but the thing about like Elnor is, the show was actually portraying him to be not particularly bright for especially seasons one and two. I mean, three. I guess or so I should say the end of season two, they rewrite it so that, well, or not rewrite it, but they have that character then, you know, like a, a Starfleet member. So you're like, okay, okay. Like at this point, I don't know. But the Elnor I spent the most time with is the Elnor of season one. And uh, I'm not seeing a lot there. Yeah. You mean like, Cam, not even season two. He, get, he gets offed pretty quickly as well. That's also true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, spoiler. Uh, Cam, jumping over to Star Trek Lower Decks, because, of course, we already covered the 1701 crew, uh, so we don't need to do Strange New Worlds. That uh, that dishonor goes to one um, uh, Yeoman Rand. Um, but here, uh, I think it's between two people. Uh, wh who do you have on the at the bottom of your IQ list? I fell back on the security, and I really had questions about Shax. Yeah, same here. Shax is a very yeah, capable fighter and seems to be pretty good at strategy but i don't think he'd be winning iq tests over a lot of the other characters on the show is there potential he might be able to beat ransom i don't think so okay i think the thing about ransom is he's like a total like goofball and people don't necessarily look at him as being a genius but i think he i don't know i get the sense from the show and the way they deal with him that like he would be, I think, performing much better than Shax would be. Okay, okay. Um, I have Shax here, uh, so uh, we're aligned with regards to that. Uh, Cam, Star Trek Prodigy, last one. Um, who do you have at the bottom of your <laughs> IQ list? Murph. Yeah. Was here. there another choice? No, not really. Not really. No, uh, afraid not. Yeah, the sentient blob will usually win. Uh, Semi-sentient, I think, in this situation yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I guess Odo's a sentient blob in some ways, but uh, yeah, actually he lost true. too. Wait a second. Sentient blobs do not perform well on Star Trek in this regard. They really don't, no. Um, okay, so Cam, uh, why don't we recap? I, I think we're pretty much aligned, are we not? I think so, yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah. from the 1701 crew, Rand, TNG, Worf. Deep Space Nine, Odo. Mm -hmm. Voyager, Neelix. Enterprise, Reed. Uh, from Discovery, Ash Tyler. From uh, Star Trek Picard, Elnor. And then from uh, Lower Decks, Shax. And then from Prodigy, Murph. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Kim, I think there's the opportunity to squeeze in uh, multiple people from the same series in the, uh, the worst of list. Um, why don't we start from 10? Or do you want to start from one? Like, like who the lowest IQ would be? Do, do we agree it's Murph in that case? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Murph is in that spot. So, yeah. Who's number two? Uh, I had Neelix. Okay. Do you think Elnor is smarter on an IQ test than Neelix? I do. I do. Okay. I think when you get to, like, season two and he's on the Stargazer, yeah, I, I think that Elnor is probably winning over neelix just because he had to do kind of tests to get into starfleet and maybe yeah. neelix wouldn't necessarily be able to pass those tests is that kind of uh you're thinking there yeah he was pushing those buttons with authority okay um but cameron um now i think i might have a lot of folks in a row uh 
In this case, I've got Rock Talk, you know, from Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> and then I've got Jenkin Pog sure. from Star Trek Prodigy. And then I've got Dahl from Star Trek Prodigy. The, in all fairness, these are all cadets. These are people aspiring to get into Starfleet Academy for realsies. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I mean, Rock Talk aspires to be a science officer, so seems to uh, have something going on. Um and I guess I was a little kinder to Jenkin Pog just because of the, like, uh, engineers to me get really get something of a, I don't want to say a pass, but they really get a uh, a little bit of an extra boost. Well, I, I just listen to what they say, and they sound kind of dumb yeah, at yeah. this point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How's your list going then from, uh, from I guess, three, four, five? Uh, so, yeah, three, I had Elnor, and then I had uh, um, Dahl next. Okay. Just because it's like, Dahl means well. But this is a very, like, kind of unformed character at this point. He's still learning. Who's your number five, then? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so I had one maybe controversial. Um, what do you think of Narek? Um, I would still say that uh, he would beat Shax in an IQ uh, test. Mm, interesting. Yeah. He, he's part of the Jatvash, right? You know, I don't think they're, yeah. they're recruiting dummies necessarily this falls into the um what their jobs are versus what i saw on the show i know, I know. <laughs> but yes <laughs> um, for me uh i've got uh shacks in that particular position um and then i've got ransom after that uh who are your next two okay my number six is ash tyler and uh my number seven i had shacks okay uh so i've got ransom number seven then i have nan at number eight here what about you? Eight, I had Reed. Okay, okay. Um, do you think Nan's smarter, has a higher IQ than Reed? I think so. I mean, she's serving on the Enterprise. That's pretty... I mean, I guess... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think so, serving hey, Enterprise... guess what? So, so is Reed. I know. Well, that was the first one. <laughs> that, that had training wheels ah, on it. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not I know it's like what we saw, but I, I just... I feel like that character must be decently scoring just serving next to or serving with pike right right i don't know <laughs> her decision making from the season two finale of discovery into episode five of season three yeah uh doesn't really scream genius to me no no i think that's fair uh so my number nine i had um jankum pog okay uh, yeah. very very much means well these are kids Give them a break. <laughs> sure. My number nine is Ash Tyler, and the number 10 on my list is one Neelix. Okay. I am actually going- He's a really great babysitter. <laughs> I am going to slot uh, number 10 as uh, Odo. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Odo. I, you've convinced me. <laughs> you, you're, you've convinced me. I Originally, I had Quark, but now I'm like, no, no, I'm swapping in Odo. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, Cam, I will recount my list here. Uh Bottom of my list, it goes Murph, then Elnor, then Rock Talk, then Jacob Bog, then Dahl, then Shax, then Ransom, then Nan, then Tyler. Yes, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> and then Neelix. Okay, I had, starting at the uh, at the bottom, Murph, Neelix, Elnor, Dahl, Narek, Ash Tyler, Shax, Reed, uh, Jenkin Pog, and uh, Odo. Okay, then. Um... <laughs> uh cam i think if anything this proved to our listeners once and for all we are not geniuses in any sort of measure um uh but i don't know this, this is kind of a, a very interesting way to kind of rank things but because I, th I think so many people when they talk about like uh you know best star trek characters they're either talking about like kind of like most interesting characters or the ones that are most capable versus ones that would just you know kind of uh be off the hook when it comes to their IQ scores. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. If you ever like Google like smartest Star Trek characters, the list is basically like Kirk, Spock, Seven, and Janeway, and Picard. Yeah. It's the same people over and over. And um, that's why I, I was kind of poking you, needling you about having Spock at number two when <laughs> I, I'm just saying like, everything we're kind of being told by the creators of the show they're, they're kind of indicating that maybe he is not um the second smartest character mm, yeah that's it's fair okay. it's fair okay. and uh, who knows maybe we'll have to re-examine this one day as we continue down the road of more star trek shows <laughs> but i think it's fair to say you and i would probably rank just below murph 
Well, the problem is, as, as, yes. And as we continue to uh, do this show and more characters come out, uh, you and I are only going to get older and less smart. So it's going to be um, even more trying for our listeners to listen to this. We're on the journey to being Picard season two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Where am I? What's going on? <laughs> Okay, so I think on that note, our assignment is complete. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, we want to hear from you. Jump on over to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash subspacepod. Tyler, what are we doing next week? Well, Cam, right before we end the year off with our uh, Star Trek uh, subspace transmissions best of episode, probably one of my favorite episodes you and I ever record uh, each year, uh, we're going to do one more classic episode review. We're going to look back to the Tholian Web from the original series one of the most iconic classic episodes i I, i'm pumped for this one here yes any excuse to talk tholians is all right in my books so that should be a lot of fun same with getting webbed up Uh, i'm a real big (laughs) spider-man fan you should go read that treatment uh, james cameron wrote for his spider-man film back in the day oh boy there's some webbing up going on there anyways you can also of course find us on the twitter I'm at Cam V as in Visitor Jake is Smart Smith. <laughs> yes, he is, Cam. Uh, you can find me at Reportin, that's R E P or T O N N, as in need some of that James Cameron web. Okay, so until next time, the arena is closed. We also know that, you know, Kirk was a bit of a bick, uh, bick worm. <laughs>